This is episode 134 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's articles are Unnoticed Survival Defense, The Best Way to Carry Concealed, How to Radically Reduce Your Expenses So That You Can Change Your Life, and How to Make Homemade Vinegar. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. All right. Hey, yesterday when I uh, talked to you on the podcast, um, talked to you a little bit about uh, Hurricane, well, it was Tropical Storm Harvey. Now it is Hurricane Harvey and uh, very quickly has uh, increased into a Category 3. By the time that it makes landfall on the Texas coast, it's uh, supposed to be a Category 3, so it's still supposed to be hitting somewhere between Brownsville and Corpus, but uh, we're supposed to, here in Houston, we're going to be like on the dirty side of it, and we are going to get a lot of rain. They're saying somewhere between 20 to 20 to 30, maybe even more in some cases. The issue is that it's going to be between two highs, and it's going to stall out. Now, uh Hopefully, one of the uh, the projections is that it goes in and then it just goes into Texas and it continues going and it dies out. Uh, one of the models, the Euro- European model, I think they've been talking about, has it going in, then kind of bouncing back out to the Gulf. And then <laughs> it's crazy. Strengthening again uh, along the coast and going up the coast towards Louisiana. So they say that if that happens, there's going to be a lot of even more rain. So, um, you know, it's pretty crazy. Uh, in the school district, we already, you know, they already canceled things for uh, Friday, Friday afternoon, uh, Friday evening. You know, we have scrimmages and those kinds of things. Uh, they want, you know, staff members to go home because it's supposed to start raining about Friday, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and then uh, go, go from there. So potential to drop a whole lot of rain, not, not get a lot of wind uh, where we are probably, uh, but a lot of rain, and uh, like I said yesterday, the flooding is uh, its very much on everybody's mind. Uh, it's just Houston has grown so big. There's so much concrete. We have taken away so much of uh, of nature and uh, you know grass and, and land and stuff, and so the waters, if, I mean, those of you who, who might be in Houston listening, you know exactly what I mean, and maybe you are in a metroplex, a big metroplex that has to do this as well, but as you drive around the city they have had to make these big uh water containers right so these big uh humongous uh i mean when they're full they look like lakes it's crazy but they're all over the place my parents have one uh you know on the northwest side that it is i mean it's so big it always has water in there there's actually people who uh will take their boats in there there's people who fish uh i don't know how fish have gotten in there but they you know maybe people Drop some tilapia in there or something. I don't know. But um, people fish in there. Uh, it's crazy. It's so big. But it's where it's around their area that flooded three times. Uh, and uh, so it was it was definitely needed. But we have that out here as well. So last time it, it rained really bad, um, it, in, it uh, encouraged me to get flood insurance. And, you know, most of my neighbors don't have it. I was talking with my next-door neighbor. She doesn't have it. Uh, she's lived here 20 years. But last time... Uh, water got all the way up, you know, midway 
actually farther than midway up our yard and uh, a little bit of water got into my son's vehicle didn't damage the engine or anything but got inside to where we had to pull the carpet and uh, let it dry out so we don't want to uh, to see that again that that, that just really sucked and uh, you know we have the start of school on Monday and so a lot of people are saying that it's probably not going to happen uh, with all the rain and stuff so uh, I've never experienced that where the start of school was delayed because of, uh, of, of a weather situation but uh, here we are so we will see I guess on Sunday evening when I do my Sunday evening podcast hopefully we have power I will uh, share a little bit more of how things are going on. Definitely uh, be letting I'll be letting people on the Facebook page or Facebook group know uh, how things are going. Appreciate everyone who's like, hey Todd, be careful down there, uh, you know. And I know there's a lot of other people who listen who are in the Houston area. So uh, definitely uh, got our preps. Uh, I did talk about yesterday how uh, you know people were were going to the store and it wasn't so bad. Today was bad. Today was crazy. Uh, you know, somebody had reported that uh, they saw a fight uh, at, at Walmart. I saw I saw a post that someone said they saw a fight on at Walmart because of water. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> that's that's crazy. Uh, but uh, you know, that kind of that kind of stuff happens. But yeah, the stores were a lot crazier today. Uh, the uh, I was gonna fill up uh, on you know my tank just to kind of top it off. But uh, the the neighborhood gas station was completely out of unleaded, and so uh, definitely I'll find some some place tomorrow to top it off. But so you see, you know, those kinds of things happening. Still, people, no matter what, uh, you had the smart people preparing yesterday. Uh, people who um, you know just want to wait to the last minute today and not getting everything they need. All right, hey, before I continue on uh, and move forward into uh, the podcast. I do want to share with you that Preppers University is kicking off again uh, their intensive, their two classes. They have their uh, their prepping intensive, and then they have their advanced prepping intensive. And so, if you're not familiar with Preppers University, it is uh, it is a webinar, it is interactive webinars, and uh, it's just not that. They have curriculum, they have uh, forums, um, but anyway, they bring in the very best of the best. So it's hosted by uh, Lisa Bedford, the survival mom, and Daisy Luther, the organic prepper, very respected in the preparedness community. I read a lot of their articles on the podcast, and uh, so they host this. They bring in the very best, uh, the, the professionals, the preparedness pros, to come in and have interactive webinars. You, that's very rare. A lot of the times when you go to a webinar, it is a one-way dialogue. You know, The person who is given the webinar is talking, and that's it. Maybe they might take a few questions at the end. Uh, but you know that's the way it goes here. This is an interactive webinar. You get to ask questions. You get to probe. You get to you know if there's something that comes up, you can you can go there. Uh, there's um, you know like I said, there's all these great resources that they have. Uh, they're always communicating with you during this time. They have uh, a private Facebook group. So it's um, if you are in the intensive, then you get to be a part of this Facebook group. And uh, you know it it might be just a handful of people in there, and you get to know them very very well and build these relationships and you're going through this preparedness they've got you know quizzes they've got drills they've got uh things you know things to do all this kind of stuff so if you want to if you want to up your prepping game there's something in there for for uh for everyone right you can do the prepping intensive you can go check that out and see if that's what you want to do or you can go towards the advanced uh the advanced intensive 
the prepping intensive is eight weeks. The advanced intensive is six weeks. And the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up right now, uh, it starts September 3rd, but the reason I'm bringing it up is because Friday and Saturday, August 25th, uh, which is uh, Friday and August 26th, Saturday, they're having a flash sale uh, for th- $30 off, which really sweetens the, the registration or the deal, right? It, $30 off registration sweetens the deal. And so if, if you, know, you really want to up your prepping game and uh, you know, get a lot of great knowledge from people that you can trust, this is something you want to look into. So I'm going to go ahead and link to Preppers University in the, um, in the description uh, or in the, the, the podcast notes, uh, show notes. And then also I'm going to uh, give you the, the coupon code, which is FLASH30, uh, all capitals FLASH, and then 30 for $30 off if you want to go ahead and register on, on that one. So I, I think if you, uh, you're a part of that, I think you'll really enjoy it. You'll be glad that you did. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the podcast. This first one comes to us from survivalpedia.com. And uh, it's, you know, the unnoticed survival defense, the best way to carry concealed. Uh, for those of you who um, who just never get used to it, I mean, if you're, if, one of the things about concealed carry is that you've, you've got to do it on a regular basis and you've got to f- get to a point where you feel comfortable. You've got to find the thing that works for you. And uh, sometimes that's, that's difficult to do. You're, you're trying out, you know, you don't want to go buy every single holster in, you know, ever created to find the perfect one for you. But uh, you do need to find the, 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 the way to carry that is most comfortable for you and the way that you can uh, draw from, from concealed so that, uh, that you can protect yourself. And so I think this is a very valid uh, or very valuable is what I'm trying to say uh, article to go ahead and read. So let's go ahead and get into this one. As with choosing a gun, the type and design of the holster for concealed carry is a personal choice and preference. There is no such thing as one holster that will work for everyone, let alone one design or body placement that everyone would agree is the best. To get started, ask yourself, what is the best way for me to conceal my firearm that will give me the quickest, safest draw and still allow for comfort? It's up to you to choose between fashion, seasonal dress norms, and a holster that will enable you to draw fast and shoot if needed. Whatever is the idea you follow, choose a holster that you are willing and able to carry at all times. As with the gun itself, if you are going to leave it home or avoid wearing it because of discomfort, it is, it is best to look for something more suitable. General holster choice considerations for women. Most dresses, skirts, evening wear, and even some business wear for women are designed to flatter the body, not conceal a handgun. Aside from the weight of the fabric being all wrong, the lack of pockets, belt loops, and other items make it hard to conceal a gun, magazines, or speed loaders. Women should choose garments or holster types carefully to avoid having a gun print while trying to wear it concealed. Let's see what the options are as well as some pointers to keep in mind while choosing between them. A purse or fanny pack. There are many purses, handbags, and fanny packs sold that have special compartments to conceal firearms, like those from Gun Goddess, even if you want to carry a larger gun. Be sure to choose a purse or fanny pack that has a hidden holster that is secured by a fast opening zipper. Don't use a purse or fanny pack that doesn't have a holster. It is too dangerous to keep an unsecured handgun loose in a purse or fanny pack. Overall, a fanny pack or purse is not a very safe place to keep your firearm even with the special holster option. 
A gun should never be in, in a pack or bag that others can snatch because purses and fanny packs are always eye candy and prime targets for robbers. Purses and fanny packs frequently wind up in shopping carts, left in bathroom stalls, or even laying on the floor of the car. If you do choose a fanny pack, make sure that you feel comfortable enough that you never have to remove it while wearing it. Remember, when carrying concealed, it is still your job to keep the gun from being stolen and to have control of its location and use it at all times. Some people choose a fanny pack or purse thinking that they can simply shoot through the material without having to actually draw the gun from the holster. Doing this may cause the weapon to malfunction, miss the intended target, or the bullet may not rip its way through the purse or fanny pack material. Drawing and firing from a fanny pack or purse takes a lot of practice and can be time consuming. It should also be noted that a gun can easily get tangled up in a purse or fanny pack straps as you are trying to draw the weapon. Bra. The bra concealed carry has made a new comeback with flashbang holsters. This holster is, a connected, is connected directly to the bra and can be worn below or between the breast. It, uh, it uses a kydex clamshell design holster to better secure the hand, handgun and protect the trigger guard, which protects the wearer from accidental discharges that could be fatal. For best results when drawing from this holster, you must have easy access to it. The more clothes you are wearing or the tighter they are, the longer it will take to draw the gun. Clothing-wise, you will do best with a well-fitting sturdy bra. Lightweight tops that are easy to lift up and replace will also make it easier to draw as quickly as possible when needed. A garter or thigh holster. These holster types are suitable if you prefer to wear dresses or skirts. The thigh holster is kept in place by a wide elastic band around the upper thigh that keeps the holster from slipping down. It should fit snugly on your thigh and the holster should also have features that protect the trigger from accidental discharge. Garter and thigh holsters can be a bit uncomfortable and slip down if the gun is too heavy, so you may need to carry a lighter weight gun. Ankle Some women like the idea of an ankle holster because it's off the waistline and easy to hide under a pair of wide leg pants. There are two ways to wear an ankle holster. The first is to use an elastic garter system that fits snugly around the calf of your non-dominant leg with the holster attached just above the ankle with an adjustable Velcro strap. The second way is to have a Velcro wrap-around adjustment strap to secure the holster. Drawing from an ankle holster can be very awkward under normal conditions and also when driving. In a situation where you must fight or dodge blows, it may be nearly impossible to drop the weapon, I'm sorry, to draw the weapon and remain safe while doing so. If your normal concealed carry weapon is too heavy or too large, it can disrupt your gait and also be very uncomfortable to wear over a long period of time. You may have to use a lighter or smaller caliber handgun to use the ankle holster safely. Insofar as manufacturers, I recommend Uncle Mike's and Galco. Inside the waistband or IWB. If a woman wants to use the IWB carry, jeans or other heavy cotton pants work best. These pants need to have belt loops that will be able to support the weight of the handgun, extra magazines or speed loaders, a flashlight, and a knife. To cover up this type of carry, wear a shirt, sweater, or light jacket that offers quick access to the firearm. Most individuals that use this carry prefer to wear their cover clothing over the outside of their pants. When compared to other holster types, this one is the safest because the gun is always on your body. It is also located in a place where you will be able to grab it fastest without having to shift your body around. 
IWB holsters such as the Kydex Hybrid inside the pant holster by Cleveland Holsters are also the hardest to detect because you can easily wear bulky or loose fitting clothes that will prevent it from printing. So I want to say there are a lot of um, graphics in here and then there's uh, for women there's uh, like a uh, you know a, a big graphic here that shows different places like it's percentages of where people or where women carry and uh, for instance like 40% are in the waist 18% uh, or, or like a belly band wrap I guess those are the two biggest 13 concealed carry in a purse all right uh, general holster choices considerations for men if you are a man and wish to carry a handgun concealed it can be just as complicated as finding the right holster for a woman while your body placement options will be different the ability to conceal a specific gun size and and avoid printing can still be challenging here are some of the most popular body placements to consider, as well as things to consider about how they are used. Shoulder carry. This holster positions the handgun in the vertical or horizontal position on one side of your rib cage below the armpit. A coat or jacket will be needed to hide the shoulder rig from sight. You can carry larger weapons easily with this holster type and also conceal them with relative ease. It also gives you plenty of room for more than one magazine, a flashlight, and a knife. Since you can position items all over the harness, it is easy to balance out the weight around your body insofar as drawing from the harness. You will need to practice a weak side holster with a strong side cross draw across the chest. This can take some getting used to. Holster shirts. As the name implies, this is a tight-fitting t-shirt with carry pouches on either side of your body under the armpits. Each of these pouches are designed to carry a pistol or a magazine, depending on your dominant shooting hand. It's to your advantage to wear a loose-fitting shirt when using this carry to keep from printing as well as for easy access to the pistol. Tucked-in shirts will do nothing but slow down the draw. Many men prefer holster shirts to shoulder carry because prefer holster shirts to shoulder carry because holster shirts are newer and are therefore considered more fashionable. Inside the waistband holster or IWB this is one of the most popular and carried concealed carry systems because it is easier and faster to draw from than any other holster type. IWB holsters also have a reputation for being one of the easiest kind to conceal. If you are right-handed, the pistol is usually carried around the 5 o'clock position. For left-handed shooters, the pistol is carried around the 8 o'clock position. To keep the holster stable, belt clips wrap around your belt and offer a greater retention of the holster, extra magazine holders, flashlights, and knives. To cover the IWB holster, wear long pants with your shirt or sweater not tucked in for faster drawing. The IWB carry is excellent for any time of the year. Always be careful what you plan to carry depending on the time of the year. If it is warm and you are wearing lightweight clothing, it is possible to print the weapon on your shirt or pants, which could get you arrested in some states. To avoid printing, use a firearm that works with your body type and wear looser fitting clothing. Choose darker colored shirts instead of white or light colored ones to prevent the gun color from showing beneath your shirt. Pocket Carry the pocket carry is a very popular concealed carry for men because it is easy to hide in shorts as well as long pants. This main challenge with this holster type is that it is primarily designed for smaller pistols such as the SNW, I'm sorry, SNW, Smith & Wesson Bodyguard 380 or the Ruger LCP. 
It is very important to only carry a pistol size that fits properly into the holster without trying to squeeze it in. You must also be very careful to choose a good quality model that has a trigger guard. If your gun has a manual safety, make sure it's engaged and function, functional when wearing this holster. While these holsters may sound appealing and conceal well, they can also be the most dangerous when it comes to accidental trigger pull. The last thing you will want to do is shoot yourself in the leg, testicle, or elsewhere because the trigger accidentally depressed while the gun is in the holster. Learn how to draw and release the safety as fast as possible rather than take the chance of hurting yourself by leaving the safety off when using this kind of holster. Ankle carry. The ankle holster is another popular concealed carry that works well with smaller size pistol. If you do a lot of sitting during the day, this holster can give you fast and easy access to the pistol. As with women, however, you will find it challenging to draw this gun if you are standing, running, or, or walking. In a self-defense situation where you are fighting, it may be nearly impossible to manage every other move you must make and draw the weapon. You must also find that an ankle you, will, you may also find that an ankle holster will disrupt your gait or lead to muscle soreness on one side if you don't shift the carry from one leg to the other on a regular basis. Alternatively, you may need to choose a lighter, smaller weapon for the sake of comfort and safety. It is very important for both men and women to think carefully about where to place a concealed carry gun on their body and which holsters will work best. Once you find a holster design and body placement that works, Practice regularly with it until drawing techniques become second nature and encoded in your muscle memory. As with the gun itself, in the end, the best holster will be the one that you are comfortable with and accidentally use, I'm sorry, and actually, sorry, let me start that again. As with the gun itself, in the end, the best holster will be the one that you are comfortable with and actually use and practice with so that you can succeed in defending yourself quickly and efficiently. Yeah, don't want to say accidentally here. Uh, there's a couple um, uh, comments here where people are talking about different uh, different concealed aspects of it. Uh, I want to say that in the pocket carry, one of the things that you got to be careful with is you know pocket lint that is in in your pocket. Um, you know, so you might find that your your uh, your pistol gets uh, a lot dirtier, or at least you know gets dust and, and pocket lint and that kind of stuff. Uh, attaching to it so uh, you you might want to consider that there uh, one of the places that you might want to go if you're going to try out some of these different uh, places what I found I thought was useful is going to a gun show because when you go to a gun show you'll find uh, you know a lot of people that have like the belly bands they might have the shirts they'll have uh, you know holsters that you can try and uh, you know pocket holsters and those kinds of things so you can try them out and see you know at least uh, get a maybe a feel like hey this this isn't going to work at all uh, don't even want to go there don't want to spend the money on this at all you know on Amazon or whatever uh, you know or like hey yeah this seems comfortable right now this might seem doable and so uh, you, you know you can go there and sometimes uh, you might be able to find a deal at uh, at a gun show not always you might be able to find a better deal on Amazon uh, but of course, when you go to a gun show, uh, you can pay cash for it, and you know, uh, you have that exchange. You know, it, there's no other uh, information exchange there. So uh, that's a good article there. If you are concealed carry, I know a lot more people are. Uh, you know, I talk about my uh, the Facebook group that deals with uh, the community uh, that that I get on, and um, there's always people talking about uh, concealed carry that they're going to a concealed carry class. 
Uh, they're looking for a concealed carry class. And so this has just become very, very popular. Uh, you know, I know that it has in Houston. And um, so I know in, in other place, places as well, it's become very, very popular. So um, go check that out and see, you know, uh, I'd be interested in to know uh, if you've tried some things out. Um, you know, there, there are, there was an article for bigger guys, you know, bigger guys seem to have more trouble, um, with concealed carry. Uh, and there was an article that I remember posting on prepper website, um, for, uh, it was, you know, concealed carry options for bigger guys. If I find it, I will link to it in the show, in the, the episode notes or the show notes. And, uh, so you can go check that out. If you're a bigger guy, maybe you, you've had some trouble with, uh, with concealed carry. All right. So that's over at survivalpedia.com. Go ahead and go check out that article because there are links and a lot of pictures and graphics and things that you might be interested in. All right. Our next article comes to us from theorganicprepper.ca, Daisy Luther's, um, website over there and it's how to it's entitled how to radically reduce your expenses so you can change your life and uh, i i think as we are going into you know right now those those who've come into preparedness just recently and um, a lot of people have been expecting the hammer to fall for a long long time and so even people like Chris Martinson, uh, who, by the way, is just uh, they've given me permission to read Peak Par- uh, Prosperity articles on uh, the podcast. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, but um, who who is mentioned like, hey, we, you know, we thought that this would have happened a long, long time ago and it hasn't. So those of you who are, are new to preparedness and is like a lot of us have been thinking that I mean, this is going to, you know, the hammer is going to drop any time now. And so you still have some time to, to prepare. But one of the things is we are slowly going downhill and we have this slow slide. There's always a potential for a big, you know, black swan event, uh, just a boom go off and, and cause the world to spin. But uh, a lot of people are saying, hey, we, we're more than likely are going to be in this slow slide, economic slide. Uh, the poor are getting poorer. The rich are getting richer. The, medi- the middle class is fading away. And uh, one of the things that, you know, if we are getting to the slow decline where the economy is just going to crap out, you want to be in the best uh, possible situation financially that you can be in. And part of that is to... Uh, make sure that you are as debt free and don't have any debt. Uh, that's where you want to be. And so uh, this is a, a, a good article to pay attention to. So if you are if you're debt free, you're you're you are good. Uh, maybe some of the things that Daisy's going to talk about here might resonate with you. Uh, if you have some debt, which a lot of people do, then hopefully this will inspire you. So how to radically reduce your expenses so you can change your life. Let's get started. How often do you hear people talk about how they would, li- w- they would live their dreams if they only had a bit more money? People always dream about quitting the job they hate, starting a business, moving to a remote cabin in the woods, staying home with the kids, being completely debt-free, having a little homestead and raising their own food, living in an RV and roaming the country, but they often feel that these things are financially unreachable. Instead of doing it, they sigh and decide it's completely unreachable. Do you do this yourself? If you have unrealized dreams and goals, then maybe it's time to take a good hard look at your finances and enact a sweeping plan to radically reduce your expenses. The question isn't really, can you do this? The question is, what are you willing to change to do this? 
Regardless of the changes you want to make in your life, it either costs you money or freedom from financial worry. You have to be willing to make changes, and the level to which you are willing to change your lifestyle reflects the level of your motivation. Few people even achieved a lofty goal by doing exactly what, uh, what they had been doing and without making few sacrifices. Redefining Necessities most people would be surprised at the changes they can be made that can be made when they rethink the definition of the world word necessities. When you make a dramatic change, it isn't reasonable or rational to expect this to happen easily. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. You'll face financial stress when changing your life, and if you want to be somewhat immune to this, you need to perform a financial makeover to pair your monthly output to the bare minimum. Does this sound kind of grim? It's not. Decreasing your monthly output provides you with the safety net you need to make your dreams come true. Maybe it's time to free yourself from a cycle that keeps you enslaved. You have high expenses so you work extra hours so you don't have time to do things for yourself so you pay someone to do them so you work more hours. You get the idea. Do you want to change how your life looks right now? Then you have to change how your life looks right now. If your finances are out of control, the best possible reality check is a stark look at what necessities really are. It is not necessary to life for each member of the family to have an iPhone, daily lunches out, a vehicle in both stalls of your two-car garage, or for your children to all have separate bedrooms. People in Venezuela and Greece will tell you, as they scramble for food, basics, over-the-counter medications like aspirin and shelter that necessitate necessities are those things essential to life water food and the ability to cook it medicine and medical care basic hygiene supplies shelter including sanitation light and heat absolutely everything above those basic necessities is a luxury so by this definition what luxuries do you have some are more important than others based on your lifestyle and might be considered secondary necessities you might require transportation work clothing a computer and an internet connection, electrical appliances, a cell phone. You are the only person who can define which are these, which are these are luxuries and which are secondary necessities. It's essential to be truly honest with yourself and separate wants and separate wants. And I really enjoy having this. And the kids will complain without it from needs. For example, I am a blogger who spends a lot of time online. Without an internet connection and a laptop, I have no work. For me to make a living, therefore, my computer and monthly internet bill are necessities. However, because I work from home, a fashionable work wardrobe is not important to me. I can wear jeans and a t-shirt to work every single day, or, if I'm being honest, yoga pants and a hoodie, and it won't affect my career at all. If you have to go out to a job in customer service or making sales face-to-face, for example, then perhaps my necessities would be less important to you than a good-looking career wardrobe. My Radical Economic Makeover About six years ago, I began to see the writing on the wall for my own personal finances. I'm a single mom and my former husband is deceased, which means there is no child support coming in. So as far as raising these children, I'm the only game in town. I realized that the industry I had been working in for many years was very shaky. It was the automotive and that I'd better get my financial house in order. I began to cut expenses as quickly as possible. I was making a very good income, and our lifestyle had improved with each pay raise and promotion. 
Although these changes were not incredibly popular with the kiddos, I made them ruthless, ruthlessly. I made the following adjustments. Moved from a four-bedroom home to a small two-bedroom. Cut cable and home phone. Began providing a limited budget to the kids for school clothes, winter coats, and holiday gifts. If something better was wanted, the differences had to be earned. Made the kids do extra chores for privileges like field trips, vacations, and house guests. Began cooking entirely from scratch and limiting meals out to birthdays or long trips. Got rid of the current model year car and got an older, more affordable vehicle. And began gardening, preserving bulk foods, and shopping through mail order sources. These efforts paid off within a few months because my prediction was right. I got downsized. Had my expenses been at their former level, we would have struggled to keep the electricity on and food in the cupboard. When I lost my job, though, I suddenly had the freedom to make an even more dramatic change. I had said my whole life that I was going to be a writer, but up until that point, I had nothing to show for it. I was fortunate and picked up some freelance jobs pretty shortly, including one recurring gig. But I realized that I couldn't make ends meet with what I was making, at least not in my then location in an expensive city. So I began a search for a less expensive place to live. My oldest daughter was graduating from high school and heading off to college, which meant that I had the freedom to go anywhere with a reliable connection to the Internet. Within a few months, we'd located a very distant, very remote little cabin in, North Woods, in the north woods of Ontario, Canada. We sold a bunch of stuff and then packed up the rest. My youngest daughter and I moved seven hours north to the boondocks, a move that saved over 2000 per month when compared to city life. This gave me the opportunity to give the writer's life a real chance while still paying for my daughter's college expenses. Had I stayed in the city, I wouldn't have, had been, I wouldn't have been able to stick it out because building a business takes time. During this time, I continued with freelance gigs, landed a great job writing for an online publication, and started my own website. By being willing to make radical changes, I was able to radically change my situation. Get a picture of where you are right now. I realize that the changes I made are not changes that will work for everybody. You have to work within your limitations, and we all have them. I'm not suggesting the changes are a whole lot of fun either. Imagine being a city girl and suddenly living in a cabin in the forest with only a wood stove for heat, a tentative grasp on electricity, and black bears for neighbors. While it was an adventure I'll never regret, it was certainly a culture shock. Adjusting your own situation requires a brutal analysis of your expenditures. If you can't get your partner or spouse on board, it can be all but impossible to do a complete overhaul. Kids will complain loudly, however, they have to deal with it. Remember, you are the parent. Print off your bank account statement for the past five mo three months. On a piece of paper, track where you, your money is going. List the following. Rent mortgage, utilities, car payments, vehicle, operating expenses, fuel repairs, insurances, credit cards and other debt payments, home, phone, cell phone, cable and satellite, internet, extracurricular activities for the kids, extracurricular activities for the adults, dining out, drive through coffee, groceries, school expenses, clothing, recreational spending, gifts, miscellaneous, anything that doesn't fall into the above categories gets its own category or goes here. Don't say to yourself, well, I usually don't spend $400 on clothing, clothing, so that isn't realistic. If you spent it, then it's realistic. You are averaging together three months, which should account for those less common expenses. 
Brutal honesty isn't fun, but it's vital for this exercise. Any cash you withdraw should go into the miscellaneous spending category unless you still have it on hand. So, what do you see when you look at your piece of paper with your average monthly expenditures for the past two months? Are there any surprises? Did you actually realize how much you've been spending? It can't continue like this if you want to make changes. Step one is to see where you can cut the easy things out right now from the above expenditures. Can you reduce your grocery bill, slash meals out, budget more carefully for gift giving and school clothes? You can, but will you? Then begin to radically reduce your expenses. Step two, this is where the brutal cuts come in. What can you change about your life? Where can you reduce expenditures by several hundred dollars monthly or several thousand dollars? This is the point at which most people say, I can't. Most people don't want to move to a smaller house, get an old car, or go without premium cable. But this is where you can truly dig in and change your life. Let me be completely blunt. If your dreams aren't worth roughing it for a few years, you don't want them that badly. The extra money you save by making these changes can be put towards rapidly paying off any debt you have incurred. This article explains how to pay off debt quickly using the snowball method. As I said before, everyone's situation is different. You may be locked into a mortgage on a huge house in a market that won't even cover the balance of what you owe. It could be the same with your vehicle. Explore all of your options though because sometimes paying a few thousand dollars to get out from under it could be worthwhile. Some people could have reached the point where they might begin to default on payments. That too is a personal choice. If you're in a situation in which you absolutely cannot pay your bills, this article can help you. I'm not recommending that you blow off your obligations. However, do consider the fact that large banks get bailed out by the government and everyday people do not. Before making decisions like that, be sure to discover all of the potential ramifications such as repossessions, garnishing of bank accounts, and ruined credit. Here are some cuts to consider if you really truly want to change your life. All of them may not work for you, but some of them probably will if you are willing to be ruthless. Number one, move to a smaller house. Contrary to what they may tell you, no child ever died because he or she had to share a room with the sibling. Number two, relocate to a small town. It, is it worthwhile to commute to a job in the city from a smaller, less expensive location? This can give you the added opportunity to homestead, garden, and provide for many of your own needs if you like doing things like that. Number three, get rid of your late model year vehicle. Look for a decent used vehicle that you can purchase with cash. Number four, cut back to one vehicle or even no vehicles. Sometimes, Public transit and your own two feet can provide all of the transportation you really need at a fraction of the price of owning a vehicle. This varies by location. Number five, stop using credit cards. This goes for any type of lending system that requires you to pay interest. Stop accumulating debt. Number six, don't eat out. Limit meals out to no more than once a month or special occasions. Dining out, even at a fast food place, is at minimum four times more expensive than the same meal prepared from scratch at home and far less healthy. Number seven, look for free or low-cost entertainment. Consider a family YMCA or community center membership instead of gymnastics club or private tennis lessons if you need to enroll your kids in some activities. Go hiking, have picnics, explore parks, go to the library, and find out what's offered for free in your hometown. 
Learn to enjoy productive hobbies like canning, carving, and knitting. Switch from cable to Netflix, Amazon Prime, or Hulu. Number eight, use the envelope method to budget for shopping trips. For back-to-school shopping or Christmas shopping, decide how much you want to spend. Put that money in an envelope. As you shop, place each receipt in the envelope. When the money is gone, it's gone. If there's something else your child desperately wants, then they need to decide what item they'd like to take back to get it. Be firm and stick to your guns. This has the added benefit of teaching your children to budget. Number nine, reduce your monthly payments. By cutting things like cable, cell phones, home phones, and or gym memberships, look at every single monthly payment that comes out of your bank account and slash relentlessly. If family members rebel, they can, they can earn the money themselves to keep these privileges. If it's worth enough for the kids to work for it, why should they expect you to work for it? Hey, let me just right here on the reduced monthly uh, payments, sometimes just making a call and uh, making a call to your cable. And uh, I mean, that's if you're keeping your cable, right? Uh, calling them and saying, hey, look, I'm trying to reduce my monthly bill or, hey, I'm trying to cut back or whatever. Um, you know, I recently did that and uh, they were running a deal that they were willing to take, you know, put me on that deal. And so I'm like, all right. So I saved a lot of money that way. Um, my insurance company, I called about uh, auto insurance and uh, to add my son, and I thought I was going to be paying a crazy amount of money to add him. Uh, he was going to be a new driver. And when I called, uh, he called me back and he said, "Hey, good news! I was able to give you this extra, get you this extra discount, and really, you're paying five dollars less um, a month that you were you, you were paying already." So I thought I was going to be paying, you know, a lot of extra money. I get him on the insurance, and I'm even paying less. So, uh, you know, it would have been even less if he wouldn't have been on it. So, uh, you know, you want to do that on a regular basis and make those phone calls and see if you can get some deals. All right. So uh, moving on. Number 10, shop using the stockpile method. Shop only the sales and simply replenish your stockpile. Here are all of my very best tips for building a healthful pantry on a tight budget. The food you keep on hand can help you through unexpected financial crunches. Number 11, eat leftovers. Have you ever stopped to think about how much food you throw out every month? You can often provide a few freebies every month by carefully repurposing your leftovers. We get at least one free meal each week by saving the tiny portions that many people would throw out. Number 12. Stay home. By spending more time at home, you will spend less money. You won't be grabbing a bottle of water, going through the drive through for lunches, or putting fuel in the car. Learn to treasure your time at home with loved ones. It's worth more than money. Number 13, repair instead of replacing. Repairing things is a lost art and we live in a society of planned obsolescence. But with the right skills, you can make everything last just a little bit longer and in turn save a fortune in replacement costs. Number 14, embrace the DIY lifestyle. Of course, we can't do everything for ourselves, but we can learn to do the things that we once paid others to do for us. Things like home repairs, lawn care, manicures, hair color, pet grooming, the list could go on and on. Usually to purchase the tools you need to do something right will cost you approximately one to two times the cost of having it done for you. Then you can carry on DIYing to infinity. This is not a comprehensive list. When you look at your personal expenditures, other ideas will present themselves. You have the ability to change your life if you want it badly enough. Now, why now? Why now? Why not? It doesn't seem like the economy is getting better or like the global tensions are settling down. You aren't getting any younger. Most likely $100,000 isn't going to magically drop into your lap to make your goals possible. 
Do you want to be one of those people who put off their dreams until they're too old to enjoy them? Do you want to spend your days just complaining about your lot in life? Or do you want to live the life you dreamed of? I spent a lot of time with would-be entrepreneurs and homesteaders, and I can nearly always tell you who will make it and who won't. People who only sort of want it make excuses. People who really want it make it happen. They don't let anything get in their way. If they have to eat food from the last day uh, of sell bin at the grocery store, they do it. If they have to live in a basement apartment, they do it. If they have to move to a place with a cheaper cost of living, they do it. They focus on their goal with a single-minded purpose, and they make the sacrifices that are necessary to change their lives. Your life won't be normal. Your friends and family probably won't understand, but we live in a system designed to enslave us and to break out of that system is practically unthinkable to those who are content to live paycheck to paycheck in a home they can barely afford eating restaurant food because they're too tired to cook. This isn't to say that everyone with a 9-to-5 job is unhappy and barely getting by. Some folks are very content with what they do and they keep their spending within their means. But most people are stretched so thin that eventually something is going to break. If you aren't happy and you want to make a change, then you have to make changes to the way you live and spend your money. Whatever your goal is, a homestead, a business, staying home with the kids, it has to be considered in every decision you make and with every dime you spend. If you want to keep living the life you're living, then keep doing what you're doing. But if you want to live a radically different life, then it's time to make radical changes. All right. Good article here. There's some a uh, couple of comments here. A lot of links in this article. Um, this article had me thinking about one of the principles that I worked for. Uh, I really love this principle. I only got to work with, with her for a year. Um, but uh, she... she she retired. She retired um, very. I mean, young, younger than most. Uh, but she. Um, I mean, she was still older, but younger than most. Um, and she could retire as a teacher. Uh, you know, with her teacher retirement. But uh, the story was is that her and her husband bought a boat, and uh, they wanted to buy a boat, and and so they bought this boat, and they bought this boat from a man who was a widow, and the the gentleman had bought uh, this widow had bought this boat with his wife. And they had this plan to do this. There's a certain route on the East Coast. I can't remember what it is. Um, I, I knew it because she always used to talk about it. But uh, there's this on the on the East Coast and whatever. Anyway, there's there's this route. And they were going to be they were going to sell. They were going to spend retirement years, you know, running this this route uh, up there on the East Coast. And then they they kept putting it off every year. They kept putting it off. And then they she uh, the wife finally got sick. And then she passed away. And they never were able to live the dream that they had because I mean this boat was big enough to live on and to uh, you know to um, to survive on right so that was going to be their living arrangements i mean this trip takes like six months or something like that and so um that was her that, that always kind of stuck with this principle that i'm talking about and her and her husband i mean her husband was already retired so she pulled the trigger and she retired and uh, they got rid of everything and they wound up uh, uh going on this trip and so I see them from time to time on Facebook. She's posting pictures, uh, different ports that they've uh, that they're at. Uh, you know, with friends, they meet up with friends who who they sell with, and uh, you know they go into port. 
to uh, to eat and to uh, you know for some entertainment and to stretch their legs and different things like that. But they're living the life. They're they're living exactly the way that they wanted to live, and so uh, you know that's great. They they made the changes and they did the sacrifices that they needed, and so that's the case as well. I mean, those of us who are preparedness minded, it's not hard to make those jumps. Uh, sacrifices, but uh, it is going to be sacrifices, and so uh, live beneath your means if, if if at all possible. Start getting rid of all that debt, and start getting at a place where if opportunity comes knocking at your door, you're able to take it. So that's the uh, over at the organicprepper.ca. All right, so uh, let's go on to our next article. It's over at Prepper's Will, and this article is entitled "How to Make Homemade Vinegar." I learned how to make my own homemade vinegar a few years ago. I had been interested in making my own for some time since it's something my grandparents used to do. It's a good practice to make your own homemade vinegar as the product is recommended for preppers to stockpile. It has many survival uses, it will save you money, and it's easy to make. When I first looked into this, I thought it would be difficult to make my own homemade vinegar. Turns out I was wrong. In fact, making vinegar is just as simple as making wine. Some people say that it's even easier than that. How is making vinegar different than making wine? For starters, to make it says vine wine, you need yeast to be fed sugar to excrete alcohol. The acetic acid bacteria that forms in wine, spoiling it, has the ability to consume alcohol and excrete acetic acid, also known as vinegar. That's why you have to keep your alcohol away from the air for extended periods of time, or it will turn to vinegar. As a last specification, yeast works in an anaerobic environment or the absence of oxygen. While vinegar is formed only in aerobic environments, oxygen is present. These would be the main distinctions between making wine and vinegar. To get you started, you need a warm, dark place, a jug or similar container, some sort of alcoholic beverage, a piece of cheesecloth, and a mother of vinegar, a starter culture of Asobacter. When choosing an alcoholic beverage, try to use wine or beer with around 6% alcohol, as I've learned this works best. Also, when it comes to the starter culture, some people prefer to leave the beverage sit and hope to get the right bacteria from the air. Since this is not a certain guarantee, I recommend using unpasteurized cider vinegar or using solution with 4-7% alcohol content. You can order a mother from several online stores for a decent price. You will see them listed as red, white, or malt mother, but rest assured the bacteria is the same in all liquids. The reason for the color is to keep a consistency when making certain types of vinegar. You wouldn't add red wine-based mother if you plan to make white vinegar. When buying online, look for terms such as raw, unpasteurized, or with mother. Asobacters tend to be very temperature sensitive. They are happiest between 59 and 94 degrees Fahrenheit with an optimum range of 80 to 85 degrees Fahrenheit for acidification and they die off at temperatures over 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Step by step to make homemade vinegar. Start by dumping any leftover wine or beer, not both, into a crock jug or any similar container. Keep in mind to use only stainless steel, ceramic, or glass containers. Dilute the alcohol left left over with water no more than 50-50. Remember to leave enough room in your container for air to get in. Avoid using tap water unless you let it aerate for 24 hours or more for the chlorine to evaporate. The chlorine from tap water can kill the mother. Add the mother. I usually add one cup per gallon. 
Cover the jug with a piece of cheesecloth and hold it in place with a piece of string or rubber band. Store in a dark cellar or closet and let it sit for two months. Once you check on it, you should have a leathery growth floating at the top of the liquid. That's a clear sign of a healthy mother. If that's not the case, feed your vinegar with some fresh wine and one or two teaspoons of raw vinegar. If you have a vinegar crock with a tap near the bottom, once your vinegar has aged a couple of months, you can continually use it by tapping it as needed. You can top it off with whatever wine you have around to keep a continuous supply. Some people like to use homemade vinegar for canning, but there's a trick to it. You may have made a batch of homemade vinegar, but are you sure it's strong enough to kill the bad bacteria? To make sure you're not putting your family in danger, test the vinegar before using it for canning. How to test and refill homemade vinegar. If you plan to use your homemade vinegar for food preservation, you should make sure it has at least a pH of 5. Botulism cannot re reproduce at a pH of 4.4 or less, but few people take into account that the food they preserve can change the pH by diluting the pickling solution. To make sure you don't screw up, get some test scripts, test strips and make sure you test your vinegar before using it. Pour some vinegar on a test strip and compare it with the color from the picture on the jar. Each jar of test strip, each jar of test strips should have a color pattern which indicates a pH value. Since the strips can change color in time and are not fail-proof, I recommend getting a digital pH tester. Store your homemade vinegar in a plastic container and leave some for refilling. The remaining vinegar can be topped off with fresh wine and left to feed. You can do so and keep a continuously feeding batch. You can use some and then refill it. Some homesteaders recommend feeding your vinegar regularly, every couple of weeks. This keeps the culture strong and your mother won't become dormant. I often add a cup or so of leftover wine to my vinegar just to make sure it has a stronger and thicker mother floating on the top of the wine. My recipe for making homemade apple cider vinegar. Ingredients. 6 apples, 6 teaspoons of raw honey, warm filtered water, and a piece of cheesecloth. Instructions. Cut the apples into half inch size pieces or slices. Place them in a sterile quart sized mason jar. Mix the honey with 2 cups of warm water and add it to the jar. You must use warm water to allow the honey to dissolve a little. The, the apples need to be completely covered so you may need to add more water depending on how big the pieces or slices are. Cover the jar using a piece of cheesecloth and secure with a rubber band. This keeps the impurities away while letting the air to get, get in. Place your jar in a warm dark place for two weeks until the mixture has formed cider. Strain the liquid and compost the apple pieces. You can add them to your compost pile or feed them to the chickens. My chickens love it. Return the liquid to the same jar and cover it with clean cheesecloth. Leave the jar in a dark place again for four to six weeks until it's turned to vinegar. Adding yeast to activate fermentation is not essential, but will speed up the process and can produce a higher quality. Conclusion As a homesteader, making vinegar isn't really all that hard. You will avoid throwing away leftover alcohol, and it's much more satisfying cooking with vinegar made from your own fruits and wine. If you think about the fact that homemade vinegar has been used for home remedies, cooking and cleaning for centuries around the globe, then it makes sense to learn how to make your own. All right, so uh, the reason, the, the real reason why I, I, I read this one is for that last the apple cider vinegar uh, recipe and, and to go from there. Um, I, I completely understand 
how to make the homemade vinegar according to what this article is saying. My only problem is is um, could you carry that down? Could, could you carry that through in a grid down situation? Because you you know they're mainly looking at wine here, wine or beer. So um, you know unless you stockpile, you have a big um, you know a, a big room full of wine or whatever, uh, and you maintain that. But in a grid down situation or a collapse scenario or whatever, you know uh, you know you know the zombie zombie apocalypse whatever. Um, you know, you're going to run out of the, once you run out of wine what are you going to do you know and so uh you you can't make that vinegar anymore or uh she talked about fruit so maybe you grow your own grapes and make your own wine and then you know go go at it that way i don't know i think it's easier though if you use the apple cider vinegar recipe that uh that was talked about here at the towards the end of this article the only thing that you'll need is to make sure that you have uh, raw honey, so six teaspoons of raw honey, and you can make your own apple cider vinegar. And of course, if you have, uh, if you get the the Bragg's apple cider vinegar, you're going to have uh, something like uh, you're going to have the mother. Uh, you can get it with the mother in there, so you'll have mother already. I don't know if you could just straight up use that one. Uh, I've never done that before, but. Uh, I really, I really wanted you to be able to focus on this last article here, uh, or the last part of the article here about the apple cider vinegar and using, um, you know, the, the the apples and the raw honey and uh, going from there. Now, uh, until there is, uh, you know, the poop hits the fan. If you're in a situation where you do have wine and uh, you know maybe you drink a bottle, but every once in a while that you don't you don't finish off the last little piece, well definitely you could make your own vinegar. Or maybe you have people who you know uh, you, you have parties on a regular basis, and maybe you do have uh, people leave beer you know uh, beer bottles around or whatever, and they're uh, they don't finish them off or or uh, you know they don't drink the last little couple of sips, and you can tell everyone, hey, uh, throw uh, empty out your beer here you know and you can save all that up and you can make vinegar from there uh I, my only thing is is that you wouldn't be able to do that you know again in the you know in a collapse uh situation because you wouldn't have beer or wine but anyway uh go check that out that might be one of those recipes where you want to uh you want to print out and keep right that apple cider vinegar uh recipe you might want to do that there all right so hey that's it for uh episode 134 um, hopefully I will touch base with you on, on Monday, on the Monday podcast and let you know how we are faring with, uh, Hurricane Harvey. Uh, you know, I, I'm not expecting, uh, you know, too much wind and damage. Uh, I'm, I'm more expecting the, the rain, but anyway, so we will, uh, definitely be, uh, I'll be keeping people on the Facebook group, uh, updated on how things are going and, uh, you know, going from here. I, I think we'll, I think everything's going to be all right though. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, the news has really been hyping it up. But anyway, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.